it off yet. So, are you going to have an intro? Like, are you going to have a standard intro and then kick straight into it? I was thinking of having a standard intro. I would. Yeah. Yeah, because then it doesn't. Like, I I didn't worry about any of that stuff. Mm. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to put it out. People aren't going to care. But then you can just kind of kick it off, yeah. and it's already had a setup. Yeah, then you don't have to introduce it. Yeah, I don't mind like the ad hoc, just straight into it. Yeah, neither, neither. Should we get straight into it? We can get straight into it. We're good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first, second ever podcast, <laughs> the misdirected podcast. Uh, today I have a very special guest, Brendan McCormack from Perth Fit Fam. Brendan, awesome. welcome. How are you going? I'm good. Thanks for having good. me on. Um, so Brendan. For those of us who don't know who you are, can you just tell us like what you do? What I do, yeah, I get asked it all the time and I'm still trying to work it out. Um, so I guess what I'm more known for is being the founder and owner of Perth Fit Fam, which is um, uh, Perth's largest uh, fitness-based social media platform. So we uh, kind of the home of that sort of space. But I'm coming into my 16th year of the fitness industry. So I started when I was 18 straight out of school. Um, I predominantly worked within the supplement space all around Australia. So I'm from over east. I moved here uh, when I was 20. So that's 13 years ago. Um, I've spent a bit more time over east. But I've been I've been here all up around about 10 years now. Um, and yeah, I just tend to have my fingers in a lot of the pies around the Perth fitness scene. Uh, which I'm sure that we'll discuss and where Perth Fit Fam came from. Nice. Okay, good. Because that's what I want to talk about. So today, I really, really want to talk about networking. And as you just said, you had a lot of fingers in your pies. A yes. lot of pies and fingers. <laughs> yes. So I want to talk about, for those of us who aren't very familiar with like the format you've built with Perth Fit Fam, it's very networks based. So I want to talk about how you built that network, but not only how you built it, how you made it engaging because like you can have 100,000 followers, mm. but if you only get like 100 likes or 100 engagements, that's that's worth nothing. Yeah. So, and Perth Fit Fam is very engaging. So, I want to know how you built that network mm-hmm. um, and I assume you did it in person and then transferred it onto social media over time. Um, just, yeah, talk to me about the process. Yeah. So, I'll, let's start right from the start. Um, because social media networking is very different to face-to-face networking. And I actually caught up with a, a, a local person here who's pretty well known within, I guess, the fitness marketing space. And he used me as a case study. And he said, I told someone how great it is that you've built a persona out of social media. And I wasn't offended, but it was very, um, uh, it was the top of the iceberg, which he sees. As I mentioned, I've been doing this for 16 years and my networks were built on face-to-face contact, which I think that people need to know and is very important. And my networks are still based on face-to-face contact today. So how I started, I started when I was 18 working in a supplement store. I got a job in the supplement store because it was work experience and I worked really hard and I served really, really well. And that's how I landed my first job. If I didn't do that work experience, I actually wouldn't have finished year 12. I had 32 unexplained absences in one semester, which meant that I didn't have enough points to actually finish year 12. So that was my way around it. And I was lucky enough to get a job out of that as soon as I finished school. So that's where I started. I was 18, I served, I got a job, and that's where I started to build myself. From there, I moved to Western Australia where I started my first repping job. And within the first month, I doubled sales. So I had no idea what I was doing. I actually, I'm still not a great salesperson. I'm very, very mediocre at most things, but I was very, very passionate and energetic. And I didn't understand that there was ways to cut corners. I just worked and I just provided value. Um, 
in the way of being active, but also in the way of making people feel good. And so that's where I started to really build my network is just someone that was willing to give it a crack, um, uh, just be a really positive and work hard. Mm. And so I basically used that same process throughout my whole time within the fitness industry. And so if we're looking at how I built a network, that's how I did it. And it really took me until I was about 30 and I had a good network, but it really started to tip when I was around about 30 because I had a big solid network. And if you've opened up enough doors for people, the doors are going to open for mm. you, which I think is really, really important. So if we say how to build it, first of all, be someone of service, just give, just consistently give, um, add value. When people say, you know, Brendan McCormack, I hope that it's a positive thing. And I hope that they know that if they do something with me, that it's going to be awesome. They're going to have a good experience. Um, if it's business, the business um, deal is going to be good. Um, and I, I just want to make people genuinely feel better. Yeah, that's so true what you said about adding value mm-hmm. um, to like to like the sales process. Because the best quote I ever got from one of my clients, um, Henry that runs NBC, which is a drinks distribution company, I was having having a bit of a rough period. I was like, Henry, I need some advice on on like how to kind of get through this this like little downturn in business. And he's like, you just got to stick at it. And then he he told me this story how he would go from place to place trying to sell Red Bull. And then it, essentially the crux of the story was no one gives a fuck about the product. Mm. They give a fuck about you. Yeah. He said, Angelo, no one gives a fuck about your videos. They give a fuck about you. So when you're actually networking and talking to people, you're like inadvertently selling yourself. Mm-hmm. And when people buy into you, they'll buy into your product because they see the value in you, which should, which again goes onto your product. Yeah. So I think that's something that's really important when you're trying to network is to be authentic, passionate, like you said, and add value. Yeah, so 100%. I'm going to add to that because I actually tell people as well that no one gives a fuck about you as far as people want to know what's in it for them. And this this isn't just financial. This is everything. Like this is emotional. Like, and, and so when I do something, I literally want to make people feel good. Not because I want anything out of it, but because it makes me feel good. If people walk away, um, if people walk away feeling better about themselves, and people will buy into you. If you, I, I believe that people will buy into you if you go about it like that, which yep. is what you're saying about them buying into you. Yeah. But essentially, they care about the value for themselves. And of if course. you're providing them value, then they're going to want to buy into what you're doing, which yeah. is what you're saying. Well, it works on both ends. Like, yeah. it's, it's the old Bible verse where it's like, treat those how you want to be treated. Mm. Or one of the commandments, sorry. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's essentially it. Yeah. If you want value out of someone, then you give them value. Yeah. And if it's reciprocated, then there's a good relationship could be formed there. And if not, then you know to move on and shop elsewhere essentially so funny story with that like talking about bible verses and talking about like like me being um, a person of service and Mm. servant leadership and all that so what people might not know is i actually spent two years in bible college so i was really yeah yeah, yeah. not many people know this how long ago uh 20 probably 26 to 28 okay talk to me yeah so it's not that long ago i'm 33 um so i started going to a church when i was 25 i went through like a pretty traumatic experience in life and you know that's how i kind of find my way found my way through it so i was very heavily involved in the church for about five years um, where I did a lot of youth leadership. I did a lot of serving and um, I eventually left my job to do Bible college for two years. Um, And during that time, 
that's when I learned, like I was already a person of service. I was a great worker. Um, but that's when I really learned like how to serve people. And that's really, car- and I'm, I'm not part of a church. I, I, I have no religious belief or anything, um, but it, that's really stuck with me now. And um, Did you have a belief at the time? Nah, so I grew up in a non-religious family, so I didn't understand a lot, but it interests me because, you know, you have all these different religions and and I didn't realize what was in the Bible. I didn't realize anything. Well, it forms a foundation for morality in a sense. Yes, it does. Yeah, and I didn't have that in a sense. Like, like I wasn't a bad person, but I didn't have that foundation, what you're talking about. Mm. And that really changed and sculpted me throughout the five years that I was really heavily involved. And it's really, really carried through in my life. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Bit of trivia. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how left field. How yeah, many people is. know that about you? Like, obviously, you're so prominent on social media. How many people actually know that? Um, I, it depends on what part of the journey they came in. If they're fitness mm. networks, probably very slim, unless okay. they listen to another podcast where I spoke about it once. Um, but if they're from that church scene, then a lot of people, a lot of people would know me as that, yep. as opposed to the fitness guy and the, oh. and the fitness, this Perth fit fan fitness guy came, yeah. came afterwards. Um, and so it's funny. It depends on when, it depends on when the person came on the journey. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully I still... Hopefully, they both think of me as the same, yeah. and it's still that person of value. When when you express religious beliefs, yes. like on a podcast like this, and you've got like external audience hearing it, do you ever think that people will judge you? Uh, no, no. Um, I I because I don't have a religious belief. Okay. I think it's more just interesting, and and people people might look at you differently, but not negatively. It just it just shows a bit of depth to who you are. Mm. It's like recently I did a post. Um, you know, I was playing guitar. So when I grew up, I was a baseballer, and I was a musician, and they were the two things I did. But no one would know me as a musician now, and I really wanted to pick it back up. And all of a sudden, people saw that I played guitar, and I was like, ah, oh, like I didn't know that you did that. I, I think it's the same. Yeah, I think people don't understand the depth to another person they just see they see face value yeah which is what social media is and everyone has depth mm. everyone if you t- if you take the time and this goes down to networking too if you take the time to sit down and chat with someone everyone has a wicked story yep. like everyone's gone through a trial um you have to that's life yeah ev- everyone without a doubt and that's what i love i just love chatting with people and, and finding out about them i i prefer that rather than talking about myself yeah no 100 percent agree Mm. That's interesting, Brendan. Yeah, there you That's go. That's interesting. With um, we'll just go back to social media and how yes. it's on face value because I was talking to you about this just before we started the podcast. I think there's a there's a really big discrepancy between um a social media network and like a business network because mm. I feel like social media is very uh at the forefront, very visible. Um, everyone's sharing everything. Like it's very transparent in a sense. People almost overshare. Um, and the idea is almost a flex on the gram, you know? Yeah. Especially in business. I remember because I fell into like the same trap when I started this thing. It's like, oh, everyone, look how much work I'm doing. Yes. But if, and again, it depends on what industry you're in. Mm-hmm. And for me, doing um, corporate media, I shouldn't have the time to be doing that on Instagram. Yep. So it means I'm obviously not working that hard. Yep. Um, where obviously, if your business falls within that social media realm, then you got to do it. Um, but then I really thought about it and the more you um, kind of dig deeper into business and whatever else it is you want to do along those lines, you realize that there's like a deeper network. It's almost like tip of the iceberg, like you said earlier, there's mm. a deeper network and that's very, the very business oriented network is very um, privatized. Like yes. you're not meant to be sharing too much details. It's very behind closed doors. That's when you're exchanging phone numbers and business cards. 
And it's just, it's just interesting for me to notice the two different networks having been in both. Mm. Um, anything, anything to add on that, Brendan? Yeah. So I, I just want to clarify first off, face to face in person beats social every single time. hundred percent. Yeah. I get to actually see. Yeah. That's real relationships. You're tangible. You're tangible. When I see like, when you FaceTime someone, like they're there, but they're not there. Yep. When you see someone, they're there. You can touch like they're real. Yes. You know, they're real when you FaceTime them, but yep. it's, it's actually your brain is like, oh, Brendo's real. Yes. We can trust him. Yeah. You know? It's um so yeah I, I always say to people face to face so I actually do quite a bit of work with personal trainers and I speak to big groups of them at a time and of course I walk into a room and the number one question they have for me is how do I build a social media and I always let them down because I'm like guys listen you're just kicking off in the industry if you think that's going to be your silver bullet you are mistaken you're going to be walking into a facility you're going to have a couple of thousand members that's your initial audience that's all you should care about everyone's like let's get instagram famous sell the product on there no one yes. ever no one ever thinks about the deeper layer of actually doing the work no and it goes back to service and and this is the same thing every single time i say it i'm like man if i was you guys i would be in the gym 24 7 vacuuming floors picking up rubbish chatting Talking to members to whoever you can everything and that's where the value is and you'll build a successful business alone even if you didn't even have an Instagram page yeah it does help and you know you're going to be able to build a network and you're going to be able to connect and people that wouldn't get to normally see you are going to get to see you um, and you may build a name out of it and because you have that following you may be able to charge more or you may be more in demand Mm. because people might see you as a premium but it's not the silver bullet and it shouldn't be the focus no. of your business. And if you're comparing your social media to a Perth Fit fam, so let's say we have 20,000 yep. um, and you're like, oh, I need to get 20,000. Mate, you need 30 clients a week. Like literally, if you had 400, um, I, know, I know a few really good engaging accounts that I like, that I follow, and they might have about 400 followers, but which, which isn't big except they're good accounts. They look good. They provide good content. That's it. And they're... they're they're a geographically based business. All they need is a certain amount of people yeah. within their area. Just foot traffic. Yeah. That's it. And so, yeah, if we talk about that side of stuff, then I would say face-to-face wins every single time. Um, social media definitely is fantastic and, mm. and I love it and I generate so much. And it's cool, man, because I might walk around. Like the other day, I was in, um, I was having an acai bowl in a cafe. Of course you were. And yeah, yeah, I was trying, you know, <laughs> keeping it healthy. And um, another business owner um, of a vegan ice cream company came up and stopped me and she's like, you know, kind of did a double take. She's like, oh, it's, you know, you're Brendo, yeah? Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. And ended up having a bit of a chat and, um, uh, you know, have that network. And she got to tell me things about myself. And it wasn't just a normal person. It was a successful business owner. Yeah. And so, yeah, it definitely helps you reach out. And that happens all the time, um, which is cool. Um, but... Yeah, as far as like the networking side of it, you've really got to put in your work. Um, I'll touch on social media really quickly though and networking on social media. Um, Social media takes time. And if you really want to have a good network, you need to engage with Mm. your community and engage with your followers. So when I built Perfit Fam, I spent about four hours a day. And this is before bots and everything were around, um, which which are now null and void. You can't use bots anymore, which were a great time saver, but very unauthentic. Um, And by the way, most Instagram accounts that have a good following used bots at some point in time. 100%. Yeah. Brought likes, brought follows, whatever it is. Yeah. So I've never bought likes. 
Um, I've never bought likes on any of my accounts. I've thought about it, like in all honestly. I think everyone thinks about it. Yeah, and I've looked at it and I've weighed it up and I went, it just won't sit with me well, mm. but I have used bots in the past. And so there's, for people that don't know what a bot is, that's a software program that you select your hashtags or your locations and it goes through and it likes them. You can get people to comment. You can, it can comment. It can do all sorts of stuff, but you can tell when it's not real. Yeah. And it became really discouraged and to a point where Instagram basically blocked them and you can't use them anymore. I hell like the really shit ones where it's like, love your page. Very excellent. Oh, the worst. <laughs> it was like, the what? worst. Or, or like you put a video up, love this picture. Yeah, I had wait, that the wait, other what day. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I had that the other day and, and I'm just like, oh, this is a horrible bot. Um, and so with engagement and building your uh like building your network is um you need to invest in your social media so i'll use instagram as a prime example because that's the platform that people spend most of their time on now um and it's probably the one that we um utilize the most mm. so first of all you gotta look at your business needs so for me i'm geolocated based so my, my geolocation is perth so all i care about is people in perth i don't need people anywhere else um and i'm fitness based so what I do is I look at the key hashtags that are within that area. So obviously Perfect Fam is the number one and people that are using Perfect Fam are obviously engaged in my business or my community. Um, there's a few others. So I'll use like Perth Fitness, Active in Perth. Um, and what I do is I click on them and I start to engage with posts within there because people that are using them are obviously within my market. So I'll like posts. If one sticks out, I'll start a conversation on it. Um, when people comment on my posts, I comment back. When the followers that I have, even if they're not using these, sorry, the, the people that I follow, I'll comment on those posts if they stand out. And so I invest that time in engagement. Um, and what happens in a real life point of view, that person sees that you actually care and they see that you're engaging and you start to build up a bit of a connection and a bit of a network. So I haven't met a lot of these people before, even if they're reasonably prominent or if they have accounts that I've engaged in a lot. But when I do meet them, which eventually happens, I've got a relationship with them. And it feels like we've spoken to each other many, many times before. And it's cool because it's broken down the barriers and you're 80% there already. So for me, I don't generally, like I don't necessarily earn off that, but for somebody that's in business and they're earning off that sort of person, then really you've broken down a lot of walls because you've spent the time, you've engaged with someone that you wouldn't normally reach. Um, and then when they do sit in front of you, they feel like they know you, they like you or, or hopefully they like you already. Um, hopefully you've provided them with some good content. Hopefully you've made them feel good with your engagements and you're gonna be more likely to be able to do business. Um, yeah, I think that's probably a good summary of that one. Yeah, no, that was that's well put. Yeah. I think just um, touching on content, and this really frustrates me. And like we said, it's not the silver bullet having a big social media following. Mm -mm. But if you are to put work into your social media, then yes, as you said, engaging is incredibly important um, and doing it authentically because mm. that helps kind of break down the barriers. And like, it's essentially once you meet them in person, you sign the deal. Like, that's yeah. it. They're like, oh, cool. Brendan is like a good guy on... He's exactly like he is on Instagram. Yep. Well, and again, that comes down to you being authentic. Yes. But just back to content. Um, a lot of people don't understand that Instagram, it's reflected of them. So I always use the analogy that it's a shop front. Mm. So are you going to go into a nice looking shop with everything that's like, looks all beautiful, symmetrical, there's nice interior design? Or are you going to go to the shit looking shop, which is all run down? Obviously, you're going to go to the nice The one. nice shop. Yeah. And then people, if you have like, a feed full of reposts and poor quality pictures and shit quotes. Mm -hmm. People are going to associate that kind of effort with you and your service. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing I always push with my clients is like, look, I understand it's an expense. It's not even an expense. It's an investment. 
this will come full circle. It, it's all part of the branding. Yeah. But people just like, they really can't foresee that. And it's frustrating for me because I'm like, my job's to like assist you in this. Yeah. And you just can't see it. Um, it makes it, it makes a huge difference. When you look at a page, so Perth Fit Fam is predominantly reposts and reshares, mm. right? And as we go into 2019, we've got different parts of the mm. business that are coming out. So you're going to see a little bit different. Mm. Um, Mind you, your reposts are very well picked. Specific. Yeah. So I think that's also the key. When I said reposts, it's yeah. like, you know, the ones where it's like a quote, entrepreneurial quote of the day. Oh, yeah. It's just how cancerous. So people don't understand. I go through those hashtags. Mm. Well, only repost Perth Fit Fam. But I scour... And I bank funny, like there's the specific things within my brand that I like, yep. and I really hate really self-focused stuff. Yep. Um. So it's kind of like I, I hate look at me, look at me. So if somebody's posting that sort of stuff, no one cares about you, which is what I said before. And if I put that out, no one's going to care. They want something which is going to be of value, something so, that enriches. Yeah. Whether it be their day or their knowledge base, just something that just, gives them a bit of something. Yeah. And so the things that I look at, if someone does something exceptional, where I go, "Wow, that's crazy," I post that. Yep. If someone does something funny, like the other day, I had a guy doing a burpee and trip over a bar. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a good guy, by the way. He didn't let me, he didn't say that I could post that, but um, he's a good bloke, so I knew that he'd find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, um, but I knew that would be funny and I posted that and there's a few you know that's the sort of stuff I look at and then you know I look at imagery and I go is it good if I get somebody send me a photo which happens all the time they're like hey man can you repost this um, and I do and in my gut I'm like oh it's, it's not me it's yeah. a bit off brand I, I did that this week actually I, I, I said to a guy I'll do a repost and okay. it was cool it was a professional photo yeah. but it wasn't specifically within my brand and the engagement on it was much lower um, when things aren't authentic it always is reflective in the engagement yeah it really really was now the issue with that is and going back to networking you want to get reach um, the Instagram algorithms go oh these, these few thousand people who saw that post, they didn't like it. Mm. Maybe your page isn't so relevant to them. Let's yeah. drop your algorithms down. So it kind of snowballs on social media. The more relevant you are, the better your content is, which yep. is what you're talking about. The more engagement you get Correct. out of it, the bigger you grow with people who actually give a fuck, which That's is important. It. That's it. I think the other important thing with social media is, and we've spoken about it briefly, but being authentic. Mm. Because in a day and age where everything is so fake, Mm. People really, really, really like genuine content or genuine people or genuine um, whatever it is. Yeah. Figures, figures, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if you are genuine, people will kind of resonate with that more so than, as we said, people that just flex in the gram. Because at the end yeah. of the day, that's all fake. Yeah. Like your your boy Takashi69. <laughs> um, Pray for Takashi. He's in jail, uh, man. Yeah, free Takashi. Yeah. Well, he's in jail because he's part of a gang so like he should, he should be in jail it doesn't matter yes. how much money he makes and that's what I'm going to talk about is like flexing on the gram yes and just flexing in music videos is just so like let me finish this story yeah so Takashi 69 had the post bail at some figure so okay. he's like alright take whatever's out of my bank account and you've seen like his music videos and for people that haven't seen his music videos he's in like custom Lamborghinis custom Ferraris takes out hundreds of thousands of dollars out of his bag and he's like look at this look at this and he only had and i know it's a lot of money but in comparison to what he's flexing flexing with yeah he only had 1.7 million dollars in his bank account yeah and he wow. couldn't he couldn't like post bail really um so it just goes to show like 
Yeah, it's an image it, thing, hey? It's, oh, it's all image. And like the label takes most of his money anyway. So I got a funny thing with Mumble Rap. Um, I like to try and keep up to date with what's going on just so I can I can kind of predict the future. Yeah, you can pick the culture. You can yeah, pick the cultural changes. I can pick the culture. I can see what young and up and coming because I'm 33. So I'm at that age where I don't really get the new sort of stuff coming through and noticeably I don't get it. And so recently I really, and I made jokes about it, but I really invested into understanding mumble rap and how it all works. Understanding. Yeah, because the, except it's such a different culture. So you and I, we're from Dr. Dre, Eminem, that sort of thing. So Eminem was the first rap album I bought, which then allowed a white guy to be able to buy yep. Dr. Dre 2001. Mine was Drake. Uh, Thank Me Later was the first CD I ever brought. So I'm a bit older than you. Yeah. So Drake doesn't come on my radar. Yeah, he was on mine, but he's, yeah. he, he's very good at pioneering. Yes, the new sound, and yes. then like he'll 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 see and research and like pick whatever's trending, yeah. make it his own, start the trend, and then he gets accredited for it. Really, really okay. smart. That's why he's been on top for ten years. I'm gonna. I didn't even know he's been around for ten years. I'm yeah, gonna delve no. into that. So when Clever. I looked at Mumble Rap, and um, obviously distribution is a lot different to what it used to be. So. Um, you know, now you've got YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, and people are getting paid on streams and downloads, um, where you can create your own brand before. I think that the record labels had a lot more control and you were getting paid from the record label yeah. directly. Whereas now you can kind of build your own narrative. Mm-hmm. People, we spoke about it, people buy into you. So people buy into these narratives. So I would say that Takashi 69 isn't what he puts out there. I would say Lil Pump isn't what no, he puts 100%. out there. hundred percent. They're definitely like, they're, yeah. they're almost like trolling to yeah, an extent. Absolutely. They're playing the character and they're yes. playing it well. So and people character. eat it up as well. Yes. I don't get it. So character. So they, they have a character. Yeah. And I have a character too. So they have a character which they use, which people buy into. The music is shit. Like, let's be honest, the, the the quality of the music which they do, it's so basic, it's crap, they just do it on the spot. It's um, consumable. Yes. It's consumable music. But people will buy into it because they've bought the narrative, which means that then they get the, obviously, the revenue from the, the mm. streams, they probably do reposting, they probably do so many things that they get revenue and then, you know, they make their money off tour and merchandise. Um, it's very, very different to how we grew up. But the opportunity is awesome because anyone can do it. As far as like, not everyone's gonna like. Like, you obviously- don't have to have. You actually don't have to have a technical talent. No. If you can just kind of find a niche almost and yep. kind of work within that, mm-hmm. and have the resources to do so, then and and the image and the character and like the understanding behind portraying that character. Yeah. You can make it work. It's a character, and not everyone's gonna be able to do it. And then I think about like, not everyone's gonna be at that scale obviously not everyone's going to be at that scale but if you put those same principles into your own stuff so if i look at perfect fam i have a character um and so i'm obviously brendo um and it is who i am so you just you just kind of exaggerate certain features that you want yeah, people I, to pick I, up I'm, 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 I'm a, I was going to say I'm a I'm funny a guy. funny guy. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know how to say this. I, I, I'm genuinely like that, right? Like, yeah. I, like, I just like to have fun. I don't take myself seriously, but I take what I do in the mission of Perfect Fan very, very seriously. Yep. I take the fitness industry very, very seriously. So when we when you ask me, how did Perfect Fan become engaging? Mm. Perfect Fan become engaging because it was something that was new. It was something that was unique. Um, but it we had videos which were funny as fuck. Like, the stuff that I did, like, who actually goes and does pole dancing in high heels and leopard print tights and plays full out? When I did my twerk shop at Jungle Body for the first time, that, like, nailed it. Because what dude goes into a group of 300 women, 100% confident as fuck, and just hits a twerk shop? Um, what were the other things? Um, the bodybuilding comp. 
jumped up on stage um, on the bodybuilding comp, put on a fake tan, had my own division to compete. This wasn't pre-orchestrated. This was literally made up on the spot. Ad hoc. Yeah. And then they said, by the way, we're going to get you on stage. And I'm thinking, again, this is like a character to a degree. It's still me. But as a character, and I'm out the back pumping up, thinking, what are you doing? And then just before I'm walking on stage, I'm like, it's okay. It's not you. Yep. It's not you. Just do your thing. Yeah. You know, this is, this is Brendo. Go out, do your thing, do it 100%. If you do it, if you, you can always do anything confidently and people won't question it. 100%, yeah. Obviously, with, as if it's, it's, it's something good. Not, so yeah. so I MC a bit now. Yeah. And when I MC, it's literally like 100% stand-up routine. And I just troll people one after the other and the one line has just come out. But it's because I've kind of like, um, I've gone through all of this experience and I have a thick skin to it and I don't take it personally and you're putting on a performance. Yep. Um, so anyway, that comes down to like engagement. In, that comes down to engagement. So being willing to stand out. And if someone tries to replicate what I do, they won't do it because it's not authentic. Yeah. Because the combination of things that make that work, so the 16 years worth of experience, I would say there's no one that knows the fitness industry in WA better than me. And I don't say that arrogant. I, I just, I think it, it is probably yep. just what it is. Um, except then to be able to combine that with the humor side of stuff, um, I forget that not many people would be confident enough to do that stuff. So to be able to find the mix to be able to actually execute all that stuff, it's very, very unique. Mm. I think it's really important with how you speak to your audience, how you yes. engage with your audience. Because even for me, even even though I'm not on social media that much, when I engage with potential clientele, I'm trying to be like, as just, just like me. Mm. So it's real like, I don't want to go in there and speak so formal and talk numbers. And I'm just like, all right, Let's have a coffee. Yeah. Let's have a joke. And they hell like that. Yeah. Like last night's um, shoot I had at the dance um, place. <laughs> and we'll leave that one there. Um, like I was just like, you know, have a, have a laugh with them. You just be yourself. And they really engage with it. At the end, they're like, oh, we need to do this, this and this video. Almost 90% of the time, it's always like, Angela, it's been such a pleasure. Let's do this, this and this. And that's just because, just because like you treat them like a person. Yeah. I think that's important. Is that when you look at a business, it's not just like this big, in this big institute. It's actually lots of different people working together, mm-hmm. and you need to treat them as such. Yep. And not only do you get the best result for yourself, but also you treat them with respect, and you get respect back. And that's I think that's really important. Yeah. Coming back to the morality thing mm. and like learning that of service, like you can't lose that. You can't lose that. And unfortunately in my field i find that people do lose that a lot because they become so focused on them and trying to portray something that they miss they miss that connection mm. you know what i mean yeah that's like for me i i don't feel the need to post that much on instagram because i'm like this really i don't really want to show off things about myself yeah i want to kind of just do my thing build this help those around me who want to like mm. learn and grow and yeah Mm. but that's my that's my goal that's my industry as well yeah obviously i don't have to be that focused on social media do you think that if you did put a bit of focus on your social presence and you branded yourself up so let's look at like angelo as a character i i reckon i think it's a good supplementation for what i'm gonna do yeah um but at the moment there's just so much more important things that need to be developed before i actually supplement that with social media that's a that's a good point yeah so that's the, the what you just said is the advice that i give to pt so like guys just like set yourself up like yep. like the social media doesn't matter um 
I like your work is extremely good. Thank you, Brendan. And um, www.njdcolor.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forward slash Brendo10. <laughs> Brendo10. 10% discount. You have to pay an extra $10. So would you say it would be beneficial for you to own a space in the market and be that go-to person for that space? Yeah, I think, I think it would be. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure how to put it, but I think I'd be able, I'd be able to own that space just by being me. Yeah, you would. If, if that makes sense. It's like people come... as And it goes back to what we said. People would come to get work because of me and not because of the actual work. Yeah. Like the work, if people come back, obviously there's they enjoy it. But it'd be more so to like engage with me and get the whole experience of getting the video. And that's like, you know, get the talk, develop this concept, execute the concept, and then watch the results come in. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that's where we'll end up. Yeah. Obviously, it's it takes a long time to kind of build and establish. Yeah. But... That's what I'm focused on at the moment. And I'm really struggling within myself to supplement uh, Instagram and social media yep. into that, like building that foundation. Yeah. I'm just like, there's really no need. And I also think it's because I've... So I came from the music industry earlier in the year. Yeah. And that was kind of very flexing, like I said. Yep. And you get to know everyone on there and obviously they got to play the character, but you're like, oh, it's really not like as glamorous as they portray it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's. Re- I don't feel like this is me. So I've kind of like dialed back on social media, kind of maybe because I've got like a bit of, not PTSD, but I was like, oh, I don't want to be perceived as that. I want to kind of do something. Yeah. And then put it out there and be like, okay, look. What's your favorite stuff? My what, favorite stuff. Yeah. What's your favorite stuff to shoot? Um, I enjoy... This is the big thing was when I was um, when I first started off, people would give me the concept and I just have to shoot it. And I didn't like that because I was kind of boxed in. Mm. I had no flexibility where now it's just like, okay, Angela, you know what you're doing? What's the concept? Let's do it. So I'm pretty happy shooting anything as long as I get like a bit of control in terms of the narrative. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy fitness because I started there and it's become almost second nature. Like it's all very reflex based when I actually shoot it. I know what to shoot. I know how to put it together. Mm. Um, and I like that as well. And at fitness, like you can you can make it fun. Like we, we've done in the past, you can make it really like science-based, which I've done with um, Callan and Christian Woodford before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much you can do with it. You can make it motivational. It's I like that flexibility there. I did like music videos because it had the creativity and like the special effects, but I've kind of... I don't know, I've not like fallen out of love with it to an extent just because yeah. like I don't I think it's because the reward wasn't there for the amount of hard work and that just is because of the industry we're in. Like Perth, there's mm. not gonna be a big music industry. And I, I've done as much as I could do in that space, like the Marksman Lloyd Gene Simmons video I did. Yep. That got premiered in Yagan Square in the city. That's, Gene Simmons, yes. Yeah. Uh the song is called Gene Simmons. Oh, okay, sorry. After about that. after the Kiss member, <laughs> yes. obviously. Yeah. Um but that we got that on um Yagan Square on a twelve months like deal so that that was pretty cool and then it got played through mtv asia and new zealand Mm -hmm. so we got on tv which was nice but then like then what so like my thing for you would be and looking at the gaps and things like that and how i would put myself on social media so there's quite a few videographers around right Mm. i want to be more than a videographer i think that's also the key yeah that's actually one of with my rebrand I have currently, the tagline is more than a videographer. Yeah. Because I feel like I offer a lot more than video. Yes. Like it's always consultation, there's idea development, and then there's like a little bit of... Obviously, I'm not like Gary V. Yeah. Or anyone like that, but I can give like a little bit of 
advice here and there so that that's what is pretty much what i was gonna say Mm. so there's guys that like put their stuff out there and there's quite a few of them around but nobody has the depth in the experience that you have especially in that like who's had a video on yagan square who even understands that because you have um spots on abc yeah 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 no one knows how to do that stuff within your space. It's a, and it's all networking. Yeah. That's all it is. It's who you know. But it's so much more advanced. So to even have that knowledge and then to put in what you do, which is like your pre-meetings, helping with creative, offering that service. Um, I if, if I was you, and I always say to people, if I was you, I would be back on the ground, but I would be positioning myself as far as like, hey, this is what I do and this is why I'm different. Um and I would say that you would attract a very specific clientele that are more premium, that don't just want the one-off little cheap jobs, mm. which which people fight for. And you actually deliver an actual experience, which is quality. See, I, I agree with you. But the only thing which I disagree with you is that a premium clientele I don't feel is on Instagram. Mm. That's the only issue. I feel like you've like... So I'm looking at like bigger industries yeah. within like education, mining, IT and all that. I don't feel like they're fishing on Instagram. Yeah. So I'm just trying to find which what the worth of Instagram for me would yep. be. And if it's like a value add to build a little bit of an audience, which I could kind of funnel through to different ventures, then that's cool. But at the moment, I'm just trying to put like Instagram and Chevron together. You know, does that yeah. make sense? It just out of curiosity, if we're talking like Chevron, if we're talking one these bigger companies, how do they how do they get to you? Like like how does it come about? And honestly. Brendan, I've done no marketing yeah. on myself whatsoever. It's all word of mouth. You work with one person who knows this person who refers you to this person. I'm sure you know yeah. within the fitness industry. Massively. And um, I'm also really, really opportunistic with um, with, with like potential to network and work. Yes. So I'll give you a good example, which I think I've touched on in one of my business videos. And that's a, that's a shameless plug to my YouTube. <laughs> um, Brenton from Empower ICT. I met him at a coffee shop. I was having I was having breakfast. The guy I was meeting with was just talking a little bit too much and I zoned out and I started listening into Brenton's conversation. He was talking about his marketing agency and how like he wants to be more digital. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, there's an opportunity. So I was like, hey dude, like, uh, so, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I heard you were talking about this. Like, that's what I do. And then we started chatting and it turns out he knew some of my prior work from the Marksman Lloyd video. Awesome. He knows yeah. Mark. I was like, oh, that's cool. So like, you know, Perth, very small. And we exchanged numbers and I chased him down for a bit because he was traveling all over the world and he had some time. We sat down. I gave him the idea. He's like, cool, let's do it. Awesome. We did three videos within the two weeks. Yep. And now we have an ongoing relationship and he's forwarded me on to another IT company. Yep. Which then again has forwarded me on to a big network within education. Yeah. And that's all just from one opportunity and moving on it. So that's that's really really interesting. Like talking about not being on social, I would still do it anyway. I, um, I feel like I still need to do it, but I need yeah. to really refine what I'm trying to deliver. Yeah, I would say I, I think what I said with what you're trying to deliver is probably right. But um, it's interesting what you said that it's opened up doors with other IT businesses, yep. and I think that works well. So so if this is networking, I'll talk about networking. So I've got a contract with True Protein. Yep. Um, True Protein dominate the CrossFit space. And so how they worked, um, when they started out and they were direct to consumer, they found that there was no products which was completely natural, which kind of, you know, was of high quality of what they would like to purchase themselves. And they started off within the CrossFit space. Now CrossFit's an industry within itself, within the fitness mm-hmm. industry, and, and it's big enough to be sustainable. And 
normal supplement companies didn't speak to them because they're all about test boosters and sweeteners and getting jacked and mm. pre-workout and that's just not that crossfit market so they developed a product which they which they would use um which was catered to a specific market and once you get in the door of a community the door just like funnels and opens up and it becomes viral within that space yep. and so we like just dominate that sort of market Beautiful. space the functional fitness people that are more into health as opposed to the bodybuilding market, which was already being serviced by all yep. your normal retailers that you come across. So, you know, networking within communities is extremely important. So what you just said that you were doing now, um, part of my success with networking is, and people say all the time, like, dude, you're everywhere. Like, if it's- I event. get that as well. Yeah. That just, it just looks like you're everywhere. It literally looks like you're everywhere. But for me, if I go to an event or um, number one, again, authenticity, I go because I want to be there. If, if I don't want to be somewhere, I probably won't go. Um, if um, you know, if it's gonna be if it's gonna be work, I probably won't go. But when I go to an event, I get to catch up with everyone all at once, and I get to have many conversations, and you know, you get to be seen and all that sort of stuff. So, although I want to be there, which is the number one thing, there's also like a strategy to it. Like you're hmm. in front of people, you're you know, you're Brendo, you're doing your thing, you're making people feel good, you're having good conversations. Like, um, you if you're not there and you're not front of mind and you're dropping off, then there's other people that are there. You know, yeah. these are communities. That's right. You got to just find your position. Yeah. And like really dominate it and yeah. own it. Um, with CrossFit, it gets such a bad rap, but it really, it did, it's done so much better than any other sport. And I use yeah. little air quotations like bodybuilding and powerlifting. Like, yeah, yeah cool. Bodybuilding's got the Arnold's and all that, but it's slowly dying as more drugs come in and it becomes less <laughs> authentic. Everyone's like, oh. Yeah. Um, and then powerlifting's been around for years, and they can't even fund their own like yeah, state it's programs still quite underground, or anything. Right? It's so underground, and like Olympic lifting, yeah, they've done well. Still um, very small, no they're in, money. They're, they're in the Olympics, yep. but no money. CrossFit's yeah. got CrossFit Games sponsored by Under Armour, televised. Like I, I watch it sometimes when it's yeah. televised here, and they've got documentaries on it, and there's cameramen everywhere because obviously I, I noticed the cameramen and where all the yep. cameras are, and it's such high production value. And I was like. They can like cop all that shit, but they've made it work. Yeah. So when CrossFit started, CrossFit's phenomenal. So there's more CrossFit affiliations than what there are Domino's Pizza in the world. So CrossFit's actually the biggest fitness chain in the world, even though it's not an chain. Domino's it's, has it's been around for ages as well. Domino's has, and Domino's is slowly dying too. I got to quickly say something because you're going to get some troll comment. It's actually not Under Armour. It's Reebok. <laughs> Just because mm. you are going to get a CrossFitter in here, that's right. going to well, say hopefully something. Hopefully, no one listened. Either. Yeah. So CrossFit's actually, um, although it's a sport, and and um, again, anyone that is into CrossFit that's listening, um, they're going to probably comment on this. So CrossFit's had a lot of changes recently. Um, so when CrossFit began, it began as a fitness program, mm -hmm. and so basically, the issue. Greg Glassman, the guy that owns it. Um, he saw that there was an issue within the fitness industry. And in all fairness, I say the same thing. And um, I've only just really discovered this recently, which I've spoken a lot about on Perth Fit Fam. So a traditional big box gym environment essentially works on people not coming to the gym. They're just money-making businesses. Sleepers. They just sleepers, want sleepers. Man. Yeah, relies on sleepers. About Every gym is almost based on that. Yeah. Every old-fashioned gym or chain, it's all sleepers. Yeah, cheap prices, get people through the doors, just sign people up. Um, and, you know, it's cheap enough that people aren't going to cancel their yep. membership. Oh, what's, it's going to keep What's going. $35 a fortnight? Oh, I'll just forget I'll about it. Don't there. worry about it. Yeah. yeah I'll go back I'll, I'll go back in the new year. Yeah, it's too hard, too hard to cancel. Yep. Um, and so... They went on like a uh, a mission against normal gyms. So 
CrossFit, it was functional training, um, getting people moving, nothing to do with your aesthetics. It was just, it's just fitness, a combination of gymnastics, endurance, weightlifting, just everything. Um, now, uh, the CrossFit games came from that. They started a competition and it built up from there. And it's rude. Like when, when it began, everyone sucked at Olympic weightlifting. They were skinny guys. It was just horrible. It was horrible to watch. And that's kind of where they got their bad rap. When you watch CrossFit now, it's evolved so much. It's actually insane to watch. Like it's like an art. Um, now, I, this is really going left field, but I'm just going to finish it. So Let's then go. we can move on. So CrossFit's actually gone through a change recently. So you talked about all their media and you know all this stuff. Um, the way that Greg Glassman, who begun it, um, he's he started uh, questioning his own business model where the way he explained it was CrossFit was like a car sales yard um, and their business was selling cars. And you would bring in a festival and a clown and stuff to bring families in because the kids would be able to come and that would attract people. That's what the games was. But what he said was CrossFit Games has taken over the car yard where now people associate CrossFit as a sport, not as a fitness program. And so it's become an elitist sort of thing. Yep. And those clowns and those festivals um, uh, are the main attraction where people are getting angry at the cars for being there, for, for getting mm. in the way of the festival. So what he's done is he's basically cut everything down with the games. He's got rid of all the regional events. And so they're outsourcing all of that. Yep. They sacked their whole media team. Wow. Um, yeah, they went to like real extravagant processes. Well, he obviously did very well then. Like that's a, that's a pretty good problem to have. Yeah. It's in a- terms of uh, brand awareness and financials, I'm mm. sure it would have been very profitable. But... It's probably not sustainable, and I think that might be the the issue. Yeah, I think that basically they said they invested so much into um so much into the games, which became a sideshow, that they were like, hold on, our jobs to open cross yep, affiliates okay. and to change fitness within the world, yep. not to build high performance athletes. Yep. And so that's kind of where they made yeah. a shift. It actually might be a subsection there: high performance athletes through CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, then again, I feel like if you go to sports specific training, then CrossFit itself should not be well it can be used however you want but if you're going to play gridiron crossfit's yeah. not going to get you no it's better at gridiron playing gridiron is going to get you better at gridiron correct yeah. if you're going to if you're going to do crossfit that gets you better at crossfit yeah so um that's interesting that he questions his own business model because i think that's something a lot of people don't do yeah they, they're like oh no this is my idea it's correct yeah and a lot of people just it, it's almost ego based yeah they're like no no, no this this will work but you always need like an outsider perspective or even just some time to stop and reflect and like, okay, is there any changes that we can make? Because like yeah. everything is so rapidly changing that if you don't change along with it, then you're going to get left behind. Yeah. And that goes back to Drake. Yeah. <laughs> he had a certain style, then he changed it and he changed it again, he changed it again and he's yeah. on top. Mm. It's the same thing. And um, yeah, a lot of respect. Yeah, it goes back to social media as well. Like, Networking doesn't change. It's still the same principles. It's a win person of you know value, um, but on social media, I gotta I gotta touch base all the time. The stuff I was doing two years ago doesn't work anymore. Um, you know, face like the, the different platforms favor yep. different things, which you know you got to address with yeah. your algorithms. Different sports come up as well. Different athletes come up. Yeah. Different brands. Everything, man. It's cons- consistently changing. Just touching on business model. Yes. I've, I think I've told you this before, but I hell love your business model. <laughs> and yep. I call it the wholesaler to retailer. Yeah. Because you have the product. Yep. And then you sell it through your Perth Fit Fam, yep. through your forum. And then it just comes back. It just keeps coming back. 
yeah, and I whole love it. And you, you almost the other the other way I can put it is that you cross collaborate with yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just such an ingenious idea where everything comes back to the business. Yeah, was that intentional or is that kind of just how it happened? Yeah, so not initially. So initially, all I know is that I had the platform, I built a following from it, and I just wanted to showcase the perfect fitness scene. Oh, sorry, I just burped. I'm drinking a Diet Coke here. It's okay. Um, so I just wanted to showcase the Perth fitness scene. Um, I, I, I'm very, very fortunate where I had these networks. I got to see so much cool stuff. I told you, I already said that. I, I just love hearing people's stories and I just wanted people to see what was out there and that's where it stemmed from. But, you know, we're producing videos. We're doing this stuff. We've already got the audience's eye. Um, I thought, okay, well, 80% of businesses that I speak to have a great product, great service, love what they do, no technical marketing skills. I'm like, okay, well, there's a solution here for these guys that will be able to customize their marketing and provide their marketing. I have the, the network of businesses. Um, we already have the consumers, which is um, our audience that engage into what we do. And so that's where you're talking about where we have the retail and the wholesale. Yep. So I'll, I'll go into that a little bit. So Perth Fit Fam, as what people see, is what I call our retail business. So the way that that works is we get sponsored posts, we have sponsored content, we have the directory now, which businesses can pay to be a part of. Um, we're just about to release an apparel line. So um, consumers that really love fitness and love what we're about and want to really be part of the community, they're going to have an option to really, really you know wear the brand as well. Um, and so that's what I call our retail and PR component. So businesses want exposure, you know, we've got the audience ready to go. The wholesale component is businesses that want their own content done. So that can be anything from um, video content, photo content, um, social media marketing, uh, uh, SEO, web design, the whole thing, the whole service. And they just want something that's plug and play. They don't want to think about it. They want to be great coaches. They want to, you know, they want to focus on their business. We just say, hey, we're exceptionally good at this. We know your market better than anyone. We'll look at your business and we will make it plug and play for you. So it's but a then you have, solution. You have the network to relay it on. So if yeah. they want a video, you make the video and yeah. then you're like, hey, we got the network. You push pu- it out. You push it out through your network yeah. and then people are like, oh, FitFam and it comes back to you. Yeah. It comes back. It's the cross collaboration with yourself. Like when I, when I sat down and looked at it and I was like, fuck, Brendan's onto something here. Yeah. I was like... Oh, the model. I love the model. Yeah, yeah. it's good. And the ones that the, the videos that we actually do, and this is what some people might not understand, the videos that we actually do that go through the Perfit Fan platform. So I'm talking about the traditional ones that people would have seen where it's an interview, it's Brendo doing his stupid stuff. The actual traction they get are so much more valuable than the traction of a standard video, which yep. requires a call to action because it's come from a third party. It's still authentic. We only collaborate with people that we believe in that actually have a genuinely good product. And um, yeah, it's usually something different that people actually look at and go, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So Brendan, I think, I think I've spoken enough. I think cool. you've spoken enough. We're coming to 50 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I think we should wrap it up. Brendan, before we do wrap it up. Yep. Tell me your plans over the next 12 months. 12 months. Okay, so... What, what's Perth Fit Fam going to be up to? Okay, so um, as I think I just mentioned, so we're going to be bringing out um, a few new things. So uh, we'll be working very closely with you, actually. Mm. So... Um, Lucky man. 
Talking about the retail side of stuff, so the new website's now out, which we've now validated and you'll start to see a lot of marketing. So the goal for Perth Fit Fam is to reach 200,000 Western Australians um, and inspire them to take up a fit and healthy lifestyle. So that's the heart of what Perth Fit Fam's doing. Now, alongside of that, um, we're going to have an apparel line um, come out thanks to our friends um, at Nude, uh, otherwise known as um, Jay Porter. Again, a wholesale retail business setup. Um, So we'll be having the apparel lines coming out. You'll be seeing a lot more um, uh, written content coming through our web platforms um you'll be seeing the new look perth fit fan video series come through next year which um which you will be uh heading up heavily involved in yeah which is gonna which is gonna be awesome um and then from a business uh business's point of view um you'll see perth fit fan marketing which is everything that we have on offer um so that's everything from your videos your photos your social media management your actual marketing strategies your seo everything we're going to do everything at one and the reason why i really want to do this was like I said, 80% of businesses just don't market whatsoever. If I ask them, how do you get members? And usually they're usually they want some more members. They're struggling mm. a bit. Um, is they say, oh, we don't. Like, oh, we don't. Or we've, we've done a $50 boost on Facebook once before. It doesn't work. What we're providing is a complete solution because you can't just be a one-trick pony. Like, if you're just doing Facebook ads, then you're probably not going to be very, very effective. So, we look at everything. So, from ongoing social media, um, uh, obviously, your social media marketing, so your ads, but also working on your SEO, working on your content plan, whether that's written, video, photos, and actually providing a perfect product for you to release mm. and showcase your business. Just so, touching, sorry, Brendan, yes. on the fitness industry. Yes. Is that a lot of them are very passionate and this obviously isn't a blanket statement, but what I've found is they're very passionate. They love their fitness. They want to educate, but they don't have that business now. No. They don't understand marketing. Yeah. And that's why I really like the almost marketing agent platform that you've taken within the industry mm. is because there's definitely a need there. The only thing is trying to get them to understand the need. Yes. Trying to show them the benefit of what, what you're suggesting. Yeah. And I think... By you undertaking like some of these premium clients and like showing off what you do with them, it'll kind of flow through. And then I think overall, if there's more money coming into the industry, that lifts the standard. Yeah. There's more money to spend on what equipment, programming, better coaches, just all over. Everything. It, everything. It's, it's only your benefit. And that's what we want to do. Um, when when my time's done with Perfect Fam, when Perfect Fam evolves into whoever else owns it or whatever else it becomes... Um, I just want to make sure that we've left a a legacy within Perth as far as um, we've improved the industry. We've got more people into fitness. The standard of fitness in Perth is higher. Um, And yeah, I I really just want it to be a positive thing that people, when they think of Perth Fit Fam and um, what it's done, they're like, that was cool. Nice, nice, Brendan. So 2019, all systems go. We're good. All systems go. We're good. What's the website? perthfitfam.com.au more importantly what's the socials <laughs> both of them perthfitfam so um, best socials facebook um, which is just perthfitfam um, and you can type that into the url and instagram which is perthfitfam that's that's, yeah, it. that's it that's yeah, it it's so simple Brendan, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your experiences within the industry. Awesome. Really appreciate thank you. it. Angelo, pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. I hope uh, people got some value out of it. I'm sure they did. Yeah, same. And um, look forward to working with you on a more closer basis. If anyone has any questions, by the way, feel free to shoot me messages. I'm more than happy to yeah. help and you know just answer questions and things like that. I just like helping people out. So that's all good. You're a good man, Brendan. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.